Welcome to Turn One, a Formula One podcast. And Jeremiah. This is Turn One, a Formula One podcast. We're your hosts, Thomas and Jeremiah. A little bit different today. We uh, we don't have some historical background thing that we've done a ton of research on. This isn't really even about this season of Formula One. Uh, we have a random name generator in front of us for today's podcast with all twenty F one drivers. We are going to spin it, see who it lands on, and Jeremiah and I will alternate. Um, one question per person. Um, so if it lands on, you know, Nico Hulkenberg, Jeremiah will ask me a question. Then it lands on Lewis Hamilton. I'll ask him a question. And we're just going to debate pure opinions. That's all this is. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. We'll say I'll spin it and ask you a question. Okay. All right. Spinning the random name generator that plays sound effects and confetti when it lands on a name. <laughs> Nick DeVries is the first one up. Uh oh. I said a lot about this man. Is Nick DeVries in F1 past his current contract, which I believe is two years? Yes. Not for the team he's on. Who does he go to? Another backmarker. Unfortunately, yeah, that's how I genuinely feel. So if you're if you're if you're gonna pick who he replaces, who is that gonna be? At AlphaTari, I would bring in like an F2 driver who's doing really good. And then who does he replace? Who? What team takes him on after two years of underperforming? If, let's say, he underperforms for two years. I would say it would have to be a swap of kind of probably a rookie swap. I mean, maybe we might see like a move to Williams and he replaces Logan Sargent or something to that effect. I don't think that that would be a, a possible trade just because Logan has the American market kind of protecting him per se. I would say maybe not Williams then in that case. Okay. I don't know, but backmarker for sure. I don't think he stays on Williams. I mean, on Avatari. I don't think he's an F1 driver after his contract. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up, Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. All right. Put him in a top three race team. Where does he Where does he land? You're telling me Alpine's not a top three race team? I'm telling you Alpine is not a top three race team. <laughs> Okay, let me let me be more specific here. Let's let's say let's say for some odd reason. No, we'll do Ferrari. So let's say he replaces Carlos Sainz. Where does where does he line up in like the top five, top six kind of deal? I think he finishes on average one to two spots below where Ferrari is finishing today, which is typically in your eight to five range. Right, So you think he gets beat by the best of the rest cars? I don't think he's as good as the current Ferrari drivers. And I also think Ferrari's having a very bad year. So I think he finishes slightly below where they're finishing. 
I don't, he's not on level with Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz. There's no way. Okay. Okay. Put him. Put him one more real, real quick because I want to stay on this okay. one. This is a good one. Put him in the number two Aston Martin seat. It's a remake of Alpine in the past, he, Fernando and Esteban, but in a he, way better car. He definitely does better than Lance. He does not do as well as Fernando does. Esteban Ocon is, we talked about this weeks ago, he's the most like middle-of-the-pack average driver. And so if you give him a high-performing car, I think he will perform above averagely. But nothing spectacular. In in the in the 5-8 to eight range every race, just like Ferrari is now. I think that's very realistic. It would be a much better teammate for Fernando Alonso, <laughs> granted. Okay, right. next up, K-Mag, Mr. Haas himself. Shoot. Was it the right decision to bring him back? I think yes. I think you bring a driver with experience who's had plenty of time in other cars, and he allows the team to gather more information in a better way. That also paired with the fact that whenever he was a driver there, he wasn't crashing the car. So if you bring it home, you're saving money. You're saving millions. For context, he was fired as a Haas driver and replaced straight up. And then they had to replace his replacement. But but he was fired because they brought in two new – they were trying a different, completely different look. They were trying two new rookies, and we saw how that played out. They were doing a complete rebuild, which I agreed with that strategy, the complete rebuild. Maybe not the Nikita Mazepin. They lose Nikita Mazepin. Lose? They dispatch of Nikita Mazepin <laughs> for several reasons, um, and they go back to K-Mag. Now they're rolling with the two mid-30-year-old drivers with a lot of experience. It's not benefiting them on track really in any in way. In comparison to previous years, you're going to tell me Haas isn't doing way better? You're telling me they're on track to be a contender in three to four seasons? I'm telling you they have a better chance of producing a car that can do, do something because they're both giving back data that's – Way better than what the rookies were doing. You have Nikita Mazda spin. But you're going to have a completely different car in three years. Yeah, when the 2026 regs come out. I get that. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know. I, I think they should have brought him back. I will say that. But I also don't fully understand why. Because <laughs> they, they didn't have many options. Next up. Oh, Carlos, Carlos Sainz. Smooth operator. Give me with okay. That. Um... Take Charles off the team, replace it with another really good driver like Lando. Where does Carlos match up? I'm going to get the current standings real quick because Carlos is ahead of Charles, yes. Carlos is currently six. Charles is seventh. They're separated by six points. So you're saying replace Charles with Lando. I said it before. I don't think Lando's that great of a driver. I really don't. He should be working miracles. But this is about Carlos. I know, but you're saying where does Carlos stack up with Lando if they're on the same team? More specifically, I mean, like... I think Carlos destroys him. Destroys? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was looking for. So, like, put him against, like, somebody that we would consider good out of the rest of the pack. Yeah. I think he's getting destroyed on a top car by a top driver. Ooh, Carlos. I I think Carlos could... You look at Ferrari right now. Everybody, like, two years ago would have said Charles is clearly the number one. I think now it's a 1A, 1B type thing. I've been saying that since the jump. I know, but it's very apparent this year, especially. It was apparent last year, too. Towards the end of the season, Carlos he was picking up. Carlos was on track to catch up to Charles. Yeah. If there was a couple more races, he definitely would have. So if you pair Lando up with any top tier team on a top car with a number one driver, he's he'll probably do better than he's doing now because McLaren car is terrible, but I don't think he's winning championships. He might win a race on a better car. Put Carlos in Williams. Does he score points? 
Put Carlos and Williams? Put Carlos on Williams. Does he score points? Yes, because Alex Albon has proven that car is fast in qualifying. Okay. He's gotten multiple top 10 finishes in qualifying. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Next up, I've got to ask you a question. Let's see who this wheel lands on. It's deleting names, right? Yes, it is. Okay, perfect. <laughs> the Same man, names. the myth, the legend himself, Valtteri Botas. Okay. I still love that scene in Drive to Survive where it's him and like his trainer in the and Swedish the woods going to the was. going the, to a sauna. The sauna, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um I want to ask a question about Alfa Romeo, but I kind of think I have to gear it towards Mercedes. Did Mercedes pull the trigger on Valtteri too soon and lose a championship season by going to George Russell? See, at the beginning of the season, I would have answered yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that George was Mr. Reliable and was able to bring Mercedes points when Lewis couldn't. But what could Valtteri do that George didn't do? Defend, I guess. Win races. Uh, well, George because can win. He did win like once. Yeah. But what was happening during Lewis's heyday of winning, whenever Lewis would DNF or qualify and last or whatever, who won the race? That's true, Valtteri. Much yeah. like we see today, if Max doesn't win the race, who's winning the race? Typically Checo. I get it. So you're talking about, and it's kind of like a mindset thing. So whenever you have two drivers that are both 1A per se, if we want to keep going with this analogy, or if you have like a 1A and 1B, they're both going to be battling with each other. But if you have a 1 and somebody who is okay with being number 2, then essentially your team can be stronger. If So yeah, if think about it this way, if Valtteri and Lewis teamed up at the same time and Lewis had not won a world championship yet, it could have been either of them. You think we could have had a 2016 Nico? Yeah. Okay. Valtteri's in that class, right? I would say so because he, he was really good in Williams whenever Williams was a good team right before he made the switch to uh, Mercedes. Yeah. So I I think they pulled – now I know why they had to move George up just to wrap – put a bow on that. I get why they did. I get why they did. It was the right time to move George sure. up. Sure. But I think they could have squeezed another championship out. Oh, boy. Okay. Next up is Max. <sighs> My favorite driver. <laughs> I'm about to have to torch for some reason. I've got two. Did they put Max in Formula One too early? Okay. And if you could have three drivers on a team, and you had Lewis, you had Max, and you had Fernando Alonso, who finishes first? Where does Max fall in that, more specifically? Because this is geared towards Max. Okay, so the first question is, did they put Max in Formula One too early? 17 years old? No. Now, that is now against the rules to be in Formula 1 that early. You don't think that he was a little psychotic when he was younger? He was absolutely psychotic, but that's why he was on the path that he was to be a world champion so fast. They gave him the freedom to be psychotic. Yes and no, but that's a risky game, man. So think about it this way. He found the limits of the Formula 1 car at age 17. George Russell, Mr. Reliable, nothing wrong with that. In his first, in George's first season at Mercedes, didn't he get like a top five finish, like and 12 like, races in a row? Yes. Some crazy streak that no one had ever Maybe done. Maybe not even in a row, but in general throughout that season, yes. But what didn't he do? Win. What did Max do in his first race? Win. Very, very first race. And so, like, I'm not... Okay, but you remember George Russell's first race in Mercedes. He was teamed up with Valtteri Bottas and had the chance to take the win, but he was wrecked out. 
didn't he constantly wreck Valtteri out when he was at Williams? Yeah, which is not a good look if you're going for that seat. You're probably going to take the boss off a little bit. Costing there. Mercedes millions of dollars in damages. <laughs> no, I get, I get what you ask it because you like you look at somebody like um, like Logan who just came to the sport pretty young and all that. No, they probably wouldn't have worked out at 16, 17, 18 years old. But you look at Max, it clearly worked. He was insane. It probably could have fizzled him out of the sport. So maybe to your point, maybe it was too early for most. But for Max, I think it I think it worked. Your second question was if uh, Max, Lewis, and Fernando was on a team who wins yeah, well, in the no, same more, car. More specifically, because it's geared towards Max, where does Max fall on that list? Right now, 2023. Right now, same car. He wins. He wins. He's a really? Better, he's a better driver than Lewis, and he's a better driver than Fernando. Ooh, see, now that's what I was wanting. I was wanting some controversy. I disagree. Okay. I think Fernando takes it, Max gets second, Lewis gets third. So you say if Max run, if I Ma- think Fernando if, Alonso is one of, if not one, like the greatest driver of all time, who has always been put in some of the worst situations possible with some of the worst. So cars. If, if Alonso's in Checo's seat today, you're saying that he's beating Max regularly. Yes. Not maybe not regularly. Maybe not. Let me specify. I'm saying that in a 22 race schedule, let's say that Red Bull, let's say it's Max and, and Fernando on Red Bull. And it's always going to be them two, one, two. I think Fernando wins probably about 15 of them. Max wins the rest. One, I like how we both took Lewis out of the equation. <laughs> Sorry, Lewis. It's no disrespect to Lewis. It's just, it's, I he's feel lost like the edge a little it's, bit. it's the drive, right? Yeah. So it's, it's the, like Fernando Alonso. Yes, he's aged in the sport, but he's aged like fine wine. Like he still has that edge. We've talked about that before. Lewis doesn't have that edge right now. It's bothering me. Uh, I accidentally spun this twice, but that's okay. Did you? Um, okay. Because uh, I didn't remove the last person. Um, to put a bow on the Max thing, Fernando wouldn't be blown out in a season or anything like that. He would win races, absolutely. If you, I, and I'm, the, the theory is that you put Fernando in Checo's seat. But Max still wins more races because he is so dominant. He's still winning every race today by 30, 45, 60 seconds. Because nobody has a car that can keep up that with Aston that. Aston Martin car is really good. Not to keep up with that Red Bull. I know, but... There's a lot there. There um, is. There is. Okay. Next one up, the American. <laughs> oh, great. Logan Sargent. I'm going to get torched for this one. You made a prediction at the beginning of the season <sighs> that Logan Sargent would have five points finishes in 2023. What are you going to set the over or under at now? It's not looking good. How many races will he have points? Like if you were a, if you were a, a sports book making bets, right? And you were going to make, you were going to lay out the lines for Logan Sargent. What are you going to entice the betters with for how many points finishes Logan Sargent has the rest of this year? I think off pure merit, maybe one. But if we're going off of the chance that there could be DNFs by other teams and all kinds of safety car mishaps where people might not pit, change their tires, whatever, I think maybe he gets two points finishes. So you would set the over-under at one and a half, which would mean if you bet the under, you're either betting on no points finishes or one. And if you go the over, you're going two and above. <laughs> Pretty much. I would take the under. You would take the under. You think one or none? Seeing uh, none. None, more specifically. I think he finishes this year with zero points. Seeing him in Monaco mm. last week just getting flown by by people, that was rough. I think I give him one points finish this year. The, I'd like to see two, but like I said before, that's only if – Stuff goes wrong. The difference between him and he's nowhere near a top tier driver, which is disappointing a little bit. He needs more time. I don't know if he's going to get that time. That's the problem. He needs a lot of time. His, the difference is look at Monaco. He had the tire graining on his rear tires and just fell to the back of the pack. What were the other drivers like Max and Fernando and Lewis doing that had tire graining, getting their tires back to life. 
working them in the corners, getting heat into them when it was raining, especially. It's just knowledge, right? So it's just stuff that he hasn't picked up yet on. He just isn't going to get a six-year leash to figure that out. But see, now we jump back. Max started at 17, and he was able to repair his tires mid-race. Because he started so young. No, not because he started so (laughs) young. It's because he has a great mind for racing. Okay, next up, Sergio Perez. Ooh. Okay. Put Sergio Put Sergio in a top racing car earlier in his career. Where does he stack up amongst like the drivers? Like for example, Valtteri Bottas was on Mercedes at a fairly young age. So what if so what if so this would have been about the same time. About the same time Valtteri went to Mercedes was when Sergio was kicking it around with Alpine? No, Renault? He went everywhere. Force India, Renault. Force India? Yeah. So what if instead of Valtteri going to Mercedes, it was Sergio? Sure. We'll use that as an example. Just put him in a top-running car. I think he's a perennial awesome number two driver. I think he would have played the role of Valtteri. I think he would be playing the same role he played today for Mercedes at that time. I think he was that good when he was at uh, uh, Force India where he won that race. Right, that was his one win before he got moved up to Red Bull. Red Bull said they wanted a race winner to be Max's second, so they went and got Sergio. I think he's always played that role, but he was never on a top car. So him being consistent and running a good, clean race and being able to defend was never recognized because he was always twelfth. You know, like doing what Valtteri is today at Alfa Romeo. Right. It's if you come into sport this year, you're thinking nothing of Valtteri Bottas. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but you didn't know how good he was. Right. So I think that he would be better than Valtteri. Oh. I do. I think what he was able to do in those back back cars, you know, take, getting the win in the Force India car. <clears throat> and he wasn't relatively bad whenever he was on the other teams as well. He's always kind of been consistent. And he's been that number one driver on a team. So for him to be number two now in his later years, it makes sense that he takes on that number two role. But what if he's that young, fiery kid? who's the first Mexican on the grid in a long time. He's been the number one at backmarker teams, and he's still in his prime, and he gets put in Mercedes, or he gets put in the Red Bull. I think he genuinely competes for the championship because he's trying to compete with Max right now. The fire is there in these later years. I wish we knew more about his couple of years. We need to research like Sergio's first couple of years because he also got kind of a late start, didn't he? That he's, I don't, he's like I 30s right now. Yeah, he's definitely on the other side in terms of racing. Oh, the other side. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you have your people like Fernando a, Alonso, like Lewis Hamilton, who can stretch the it for as long as he wants. a multiple-time race winner. <laughs> okay, uh, next up is Oscar Piastri. Um, this is, this, is, is this me asking you? Uh, I asked Sergio, so yeah, you're asking okay. Piastri. Man, why am I giving you all the rookies? It's a wheel. It's random. Um <laughs> I don't like that, though. I've had DeVries, Logan, and now You've Piastri. got them all. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> Just, we've, we've had a similar... Okay, recently we've had a similar conversation about Carlos Sainz leaving Ferrari. We talked about this on the Monaco race recap. Does that situation unfold with Oscar in a few years? I think McLaren will lock Oscar up to a long-term deal, much like they did um, Lando, Right. Uh, Lando's locked into a multi-year deal with McLaren, not going anywhere. No one's going to buy that out. In a couple years, is Oscar so fed up because McLaren hasn't changed what they're doing? 
I see one of two opportunities here. So either Lando Norris goes to a top marker team and they make Oscar the centerpiece for the entire rebuild. So all of the, the new cars that are going to come out for 2026 and going forward, maybe bringing in another young gun to kind of help him out or maybe bringing in someone with experience. But they definitely, if Lando goes to another team, they definitely make Oscar the centerpiece. Now, if McLaren holds on to Lando, Oscar is not going to be that centerpiece. Because as much credit as you don't want to give to Lando Norris, oh, he beats Oscar in every single race, hands down, qualifying race again, practice. His, his marketing success Not is talking incredible. about marketing. I know, but hang on. I think Oscar will be a better racer than Lando will. Eventually, yes. Not in the next two, three years. Ooh, I might say in the next two years. You think so? <laughs> I think, yeah. You think they make the switch to Oscar in the next two years if I'm, they hold on? I'm not record. saying that they make a definitive Well, they're not going Oscar to. Ferrari won't admit that Charles is their number one. Yeah, I think I think that um, I think that Oscar I think Oscar wins a race before Lando does. Lando hasn't won a race. Yeah, but there's some caveat to that. Like, for example, whenever the uh, McLarens went 1-2 in Monza and Daniel Ricciardo got the win, he was asking if he could pass Ricciardo or if it would benefit the team because Ricciardo was going slow. That should have been his inaugural win. It 100% counts. doesn't count. Who do we have? Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. I'll give you some Charles Leclerc. (laughs) Let me tell you about Monaco. (laughs) Let me tell you about Charles Leclerc. Will he ever win the Monaco Grand Prix? You could have gone so much deeper with that question. Will he ever have any kind of success at all in Monaco? There's only one a year. And, and he's blown the last five or and, however long And Red been. Bull's going to dominate at least through 2026 uh, until the new regulations drop. Maybe not. Because right before the regulations dropped, Red Bull was catching Mercedes in 2020. That's why they catching. had a... They, Max won the driver's championship. What do you mean? He caught but you, and but you, passed. But you didn't ask me if Charles was winning the driver's championship, which is where I thought you were going to go with that. Does he win? He... Does he win Monaco? No, I'm going to play the odds. In his whole career, there's 20 drivers, and there's one of those races a year, and he might only have you know, 10 years left in his career. No. And how long is he going to be on a top team? Which I don't even consider Ferrari a top team right now. It's very tough to do that. Yikes! They're top four. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> top yeah they're top four no, they're, i mean they're 100 i mean it goes we know what the order is it's red Bull, um, aston mercedes Ferrari. no i i, I don't I'm, I'm gonna play the odds and say no he doesn't win the monaco grand prix um because i don't think ferrari figures it out anytime soon and i don't think he's gonna leave ferrari i think he's gonna keep riding that gravy train i think carlos is a guy that would leave ferrari for a more dominant team i think charles is locked in um and in that time i don't think ferrari is going to have a car that can compete with red bull or mercedes or aston martin and so I see Charles just kind of being there for the next couple of years, which really stinks. So I like what you said. I like the way that you worded that. You kind of laid that out. I do think that he does get a Monaco win. I think at some point while he's still at Ferrari, Ferrari figures it out. And it might not be for multiple seasons where they be- become a when dynasty like Mercedes. Fernando's or, age, he's still <laughs> yeah, kicking he's still around trying, with Ferrari. Trying, just trying to win Monaco. Doesn't even care about the driver's championship anymore. <laughs> just wants the home win. <laughs> The poor guy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yuki Sonoda. Okay. Uh, let me ask you the two-parter. Does Yuki ever make it on a team in the top three? So it could be any variation of Red Bull, Aston, Mercedes, Ferrari. Part two to that question. 
is Yuki. <laughs> yeah, let me think. Answer that first one first, and I'll, I'll come up with the second one. I have something to ask. I just don't know how to ask it. I think that if he keeps on the same path for this year until the end of his AlphaTauri contract, where he's consistently finishing in 11th, if not higher, and sometimes, seldomly below, I think he continues that streak. Yeah. I think he gets his opportunity. How long of a leash does he have? So, like, let's say that no team signs him after this year. How many more years does he stay at Aston Martin until, or sorry, at AlphaTauri until he's just out of the sport? How long has he been in now? Three, four seasons? Hmm. It's been a while. It's a long time to be on a development team. And which it's really surprising why they signed Nick DeVries. I know I talked about this in, in depth months ago. I still don't understand why the Red Bull B team signed well, because a if, 28, 29-year-old driver. Because if they can get a prime out of him from 28 to 33, that's four or five years of some good racing. Uh, Yuki's first full season in an F1 was 2021, so this is his third season. I think that he doesn't... Ooh. I want to put the cutoff at five years, but I feel like it could be six. My point is, though, is I don't think he has a lot of years left at that team. Maybe because they're going to be looking for the next person in the Red Bull Junior team. Either two or three more years. And if he, the problem is, the reason why I specified top-tier team, and this kind of dives into the second point, if, if his next contract is with an Alfa Romeo or a Williams, he's definitely never going to see a top seat. No. You have to go from Alfa Tari to, to a, a top, top seed. seed. Yeah. If you just bounce around the backfield, you're never going to get your shot. I think he's great. And I think this year he's shown a lot more. He needs more points finishes. I think he's really good. He needs to show the points finishes though. Like if you can take that Alpha Tari and get one point every race. <laughs> get tenth in every race. And have twenty two one point. He will finishes. be a multimillionaire contract the next season. I want to see him do well. I like Yuki. I love Yuki. It's one of the best parts of the little firecracker. <laughs> Okay, uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> okay. I know how you feel about him already, so that this makes this kind of hard because I don't know realistically a question that I can ask that can cause some controversy. Basically, I know that you don't like the guy. It's not that I don't like... Okay, I don't personally dislike any F1 driver. I don't understand why certain... It's not even against him, right? Like, I'm, I'm glad the guy's a driver, I don't understand why certain teams make moves for older drivers when they're trying to develop, but that's well. Let me ask your, you this. What's your question? Let me ask you this. <laughs> oh, you don't know Nico's history, like his first stint in F one. He was a, a, a perennial midfield guy who regularly finished higher than the car that he was driving in, like a Fernando Alonso type. Is he doing that now? Yeah, he's beating Kevin Magnussen, who was beating every other Haas driver. This is my problem, is this is where, really, instead of asking you a Nico question, I think we should just debate Nico, because in all honesty, I love Nico, and I think he's a great driver. You do not put him up there. You put him on equal terms with Kevin Magnuson, and that, yeah, I, I, that think, I disagree with. I think they're the exact same. I think that Nico is better than Kevin Magnuson. And I more so, again, question the team for bringing a 35-year-old, and with how old is K-Mag? plenty of experience, some high pace, and some good knowledge to get from him. Yeah, what a weird decision. What has he done this year? He's, he's finished in points. He's got six points. Six points. 
six. How many how many drivers are under him in the point standings? He's twelve. Exactly. At six points. His first year back into a race uh, into the season, whenever he hasn't raced in how long? I could get six and points. He's, you could not get six points. You would get six DNS. I couldn't get off the in starting six lines. races. <laughs> the race would start and just be panicking. <laughs> We'd get into turn one, and they'd be like, Thomas, find a place to pull over. Find a safe spot to pull over. <laughs> I'm just going to go slightly tap it into a wall. I can't race anymore, guys. You'd be a lap down by lap two. <laughs> I'm still sitting on the starting line. That's they're, what I mean. They're blue flagging me. <laughs> I, I Look, I, again, I don't have anything personally against any of the drivers. Don't Don't get that misconstrued. No, it's just where you think that his skill level falls that I have the problem with. It would make more sense if he was partnered with, like a young gun. Uh, yeah, be the learn. be the Valtteri to the Joe. I get be, that. You know, I get that. I, I genuinely think that they're just trying to get a better understanding of the car, and they need reliable people who can get decent finishes to do that. Once they have an understanding of the car, they might they might gamble for the young gun again. Okay, this is going to be my version of this for you. <laughs> Lance Stroll's on the wheel. <laughs> uh. Will Lance Stroll be the single reason why Aston Martin doesn't finish second this year? Yes. And I hate to say that because throughout this past year, I've really grown a liking to Lance, both personality-wise and realistically kind of skill-level-wise because he's kind of got – he's got some good overtakes. You know, in those in those races where he doesn't qualify necessarily the best or when something bad happens that causes him to get sent to the back of the grid during the race – whether it's a puncture or whatever, replaces his wing. He fights his way back pretty decently. And now I'm not talking about fighting his way back up to 8th, 7th, 6th. But he'll go from 20th to like 12th, 11th. That's pretty pretty good. Not this season, though. For somebody, well, yeah. I think he could, though. I don't know what's happening to him this year. And that he's doing pretty decent. Uh, well, again, that start of the year, we thought he got like what sixth in ball rain. You're, you're, to that point, yes, you're right. And we were like, this kid is cooking. Is he's got great. it figured out. And then ever since then, a little further back, a little further yeah. back, a little further back. Monaco, he's DNFing Australia or whatever. Jeddah, he's DNFing. I'd like to see him resurface with some more consistency. He's currently eighth at 27 points, zero podiums. Can you uh, can you pull up what his race finishes are for this year so far? And while you're doing that, I do want to say that if we went back and we looked at Lance Stroll's career, where he went from Williams and then made his way over to Aston Martin, he was always kind of lackluster, but he's always been in lackluster cars. It's kind of hard to learn when you're in a car that can't produce. So I feel like this time at Aston Martin with them now being a competitor is going to allow him to get way more information and be able to make leaps and bounds from where he was in previous years or even this year. Race finishes. Sixth. DNF, 4th, 7th, 12th DNF. Okay, so if you take out the 12th and DNF to end it off, 4th, 7th, that's not that bad. 6th, that's not that bad. It's not pretty. The DNFs aren't great because those were the – Saudi Arabia was a technical thing, but Monaco, he crashed multiple times. They retired the car because it had too many collisions that they couldn't keep fixing and piecemealing. The fact that he doesn't have a podium, though, that's also concerning. He gives me he gives me Pierre Gasly in Red Bull vibes or Alex Albon at Red Bull vibes. But here's the thing is yeah. that is where we're putting him by saying that is way higher than what we had him originally. Oh yeah. We were putting him down in the bottom very, barrel very of the bo- drivers. Exactly. Now, okay, last last point on Lance. Let's say you have a dominant driver like Fernando Alonso at any other team. What can that team do? 
like let's say Max at Red Bull, what did they do to push their team to the next level? Uh, yeah, actually, what do they do? Well, I mean, you actually have something in your mind, so go ahead. Sorry. What do you you have on your thought here? They bring in an awesome number two driver. Okay. What can't Aston Martin do? Oh, yeah, that's fair. They can't replace Lance Stroll because Daddy owns the team. (laughs) (laughs) You think Lawrence is going to walk in the meeting? Lance, you're not cutting it. You're out. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're replacing you with Oscar. But at what point does he have to make that decision? He he, wouldn't. So you're saying he values his son's F1 career over... Success in the sport. The only reason he owns Aston Martin is for Lance to drive for Aston that, Martin. That part is true. But now he's getting a taste for victory. He doesn't care about the money. Lawrence Stroll does not it's care not about, about the money. It's not about the money because F1 brings no money. He doesn't care about I'm it. talking about success in the sport that's now, nationwide or I worldwide. Could, okay, <laughs> here's what could happen. We're spending way too long on Lance Stroll. That's true. He buys Williams, <laughs> <laughs> makes them the Aston Martin B team, <laughs> and sends Lance there. <laughs> As a, hey Lance, you're the number one driver at Williams, where you started your career. But now you're number <laughs> forever, twelve year deal. We're gonna let Fernando and and Carlos Sainz run Aston Martin. <laughs> I could see that. happening. That would be a dangerous lineup because not well, not only would Lawrence have two F1 teams, but he could make his son the number one driver at another team and still be winning with Aston Martin. <laughs> That's how we do it. Let's send this to to Lawrence. Hey everyone, Thomas here, co-host of the Turn One Podcast. If you're currently listening to this episode, awesome, thank you. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at Turn One Podcast. We will be posting full-length episodes, highlights, and clips on those three channels. You can also find us on Twitter at TRN1Podcast, as well as Facebook, Turn One. Finally, we have an email set up for everyone, trn1podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us any comments, suggestions, or questions you might have. Just like the podcast, we are looking to grow and learn and become even bigger fans of the sport of Formula One. With that, we'll get back to it. Okay, Alex Albon. Take Alex Albon today, put him back in the Red Bull. Is he better than Sergio? In my opinion, yes. I want to hear yours. Man, because he's he is fast in the Williams. He he's pushing boundaries. Um he he didn't get a fair shake at Red Bull because Red Bull was looking for something that Alex Albon wasn't ready to do at the time, which was be a dominant number two driver for Max. <sighs> Got crashed out by Lewis on multiple podium attempts. He could be, he could perform at the same level Sergio does, but I don't think he would perform as consistently as Sergio does. Okay, so that's fair. He could win races. So, he could constantly get second place, but I don't think he would do it. Like, like whatever Sergio's point standings at the end of the year, I don't think Alex Albon would have those same points. So what you're saying is as far as pace, as far as racecraft, they're pretty much the same but then you start digging into experience and you start digging into abilities like tire management keeping it on the track like and yeah i could see that because like now last year i would have said absolutely not but this year in the short six seven races that we've had of sample size i'm impressed almost every week with alex Alba. now again he hasn't really done much he's i don't know he's still pretty low down like does he have any points <laughs> yeah he's got points yeah so i mean i'm not how many points does he have? 
He's got one point. <laughs> oh, he's got point. Excuse me. He's got point. <laughs> but again, we saw him in Australia. Didn't he? Cra- didn't he like qualify six right before crashing into the wall at yep. full speed? Yeah. Um, and again, there's been there's been little little sprints where he's gotten cool overtakes or where he's got good race pace. I think Williams has a really fast car, but it's not reliable. So I think he's had issues with that. Didn't he make it to Q three in Monaco? Or am I mistaken? There was two backmarker. There was two backmarker drivers that made it to Q three that really caught me off guard. One of them was Yuki Sonoda, and that's what we talked about earlier. Is that Yuki's got that pace now? That's just kind of wild. Just look up the. No, he got, he got thirteenth. Oh, but he was close. But even still, thirteenth for Williams. I'll take that. Where's his teammate finishing? Like dead last. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's Logan Sargent, as much as I hate it, we really want Logan to do well. Yeah, as much keep in mind, as much as we do hate on all of these guys, there's not really a driver in the sport of F1 that we actually like, do not like or hate by any means. Pierre Gasly, this is mine to you, right? Oh, that's weird. We just did Alex Albon. Now we're doing Pierre Gasly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is me to you. Yeah. Okay. You asked me about Albon? Yeah. I asked you about Alex. I have this question. I've asked you this before, actually. Um, <laughs> was Alpine actually excited? Two-part question. Was Alpine actually excited to get Pierre as Otmar portrayed? And... Should they have gone with Daniel Ricardo over Pierre Gasly? Because we're not going to get a, a Daniel Ricardo question here because he's not on the list. Uh, I think Daniel Ricardo would have gotten them better results, but I don't think that they should have gone with Daniel because of the age gap. I think going with Pierre Gasly is a smart move because it gives him time to learn a better car and to be able to produce. Now, here's my thing on Pierre Gasly, though. I don't know what happened. After he left Red Bull, he went back to AlphaTauri and went full beast mode was really yeah. good in that AlphaTauri. And we were like, Red Bull made a mistake. Where did that go? And I'm not talking about since the move to Alpine. I mean, in the year immediately after that, when he was still on AlphaTauri. He, something changed when he went to Alpine as well, where he's not even getting like, we thought that he would be better than Esteban. Now, did we think he'd be better than Esteban? No, Ocon? I thought that they would be about even. About I think even. that they're an equal trade-off. And right now, as it sits, Ocon's ninth, Pierre Gasly's tenth, but Alpine was supposed to be contending for the third spot in F1, and we're not seeing that. Well, I didn't believe that to be true, but what I did think was going to happen is I thought that Pierre and Esteban would be trading off who did better in races pretty regularly and consistently. And so far from what we've seen, Esteban's, I think, beat him outright. So was Alpine, was Otmar as excited? To answer your question from earlier, no. Because how can you be when the original person you wanted is something is somebody that has won the last three series that he's been they in wanted, outright? They wanted Oscar Piastri so bad. Yeah, so then what do you do? You're happy with the best of the rest. Otmar, Otmar comes on his interview and says, oh, we wanted Pierre from the start. No, you didn't. That's why you went to Zach Brown's office and begged for <laughs> begged for mercy on Oscar's deal. Okay. And again, before we advance, we don't hate Pierre Gasly. 
In fact, we like Pierre. Yeah, I think he's really good. Yeah, I would just like to see him kind of tap back into that first year back in Alphatari mode. That he maybe went. hasn't figured out the Alpine. Maybe the Alpine's not built to his his standards. Yeah. Okay, Lando Norris. Is this me to you? Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Spin it positive. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah. Um. See, that's a good one. I mean, we could just start talking about him and see if kind of a question arises. So Lando Norris. Lando Norris was partnered up with Carlos Sainz when he first got in, and he was constantly going behind Carlos, not being able to beat Carlos. But Lando in himself has matured into this driver where it seems like anytime he has been partnered with somebody, he does beat them outright. And it's not like he's just doing that because they're putting in some scrub next to him. It's more like if you watch his races, he's got racecraft. He makes really educated decisions on when he's going to go for overtakes and the exact process on how he does it. So I guess let me like, list it, let me list the standings real quick, and maybe you can formulate a question about my again like Lando. His personality is great. Twitch streams are great. All of his content is awesome. He's a funny dude. Uh, he reminds me of like Tom Holland for some reason. I see that um, first year um, in Formula One, twenty nineteen, eleventh, then ninth, then sixth, then seventh. Now he's in eleventh. Is that? Just I refuse to believe that's just because McLaren stinks. Because in 2021, when he finished sixth, McLaren was up there. They were good, and he finished sixth. Now this year, their car is terrible, and he's in eleventh. I guess I'm missing where the confusion is. It seems pretty linear to me. I don't think though, if you put him in the Red Bull, that he's that he's Max or Sergio or Lewis or or George. Like he's not he's not as good as George Russell. So we have tears in F1. You don't think he's as good as George Russell? No. Oh, man. This is where the controversy is. I disagree 100%. I think he's on equal, if not slightly better than George Russell. George Russell's got 50 points. George Russell is not that good. I think George <laughs> I think George Russell is kind of in the boat of like Sergio and Valtteri where he might just always be a really good number two driver. Now he might kick it up into a high gear. Maybe when Lewis, yeah. maybe when Lewis steps away or something like that. But, uh, I, d- I don't think Lando is there. I, so put Lando and Sergio on the same team. You're saying Sergio beats him out yes. for the whole season. Sergio won a race at force India. Who would have been at the time below where McLaren is now. Yeah. It's just tough because I'm not going to be able to let go of the fact that Lando's team team ordered him to stay behind Ricardo when he was way faster. That should have been his inaugural win, and if he did that, you couldn't make that argument. You think I think you put Sergio and you put Lando on the same team. Same team. Lando beats him outright. You put Botas and you put Lando. That's a different conversation. But I think Lando still wins. Do you know how many times he's finished second? In what? In Formula One. Second. How many times he's finished second? In a race? He's finished first, never. How many times has he finished second? Once. Yeah. Because McLaren can't finish second. It can't. It's a bad car. Dude, that 2021 team, I'm telling you, they he should have destroyed. That was his fourth his fourth year technically in the sport, his third full season. He was a test driver for a full year before that. With McLaren, by the way. I don't get it. Look up the. Tw- I'm going to look up the 21 F1 season. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Well, I'm talking about in terms of like. And he's so underperformed. 
He underperformed. Fourth, third, fifth, eighth, third, fifth, 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 third, fourth, retired, 14th, 10th, second, seven, seven, eight, 10, 10, 9, 10, 7. What happened in the back half of the year? I just feel like that McLaren was terrible. Like I, I genuinely attribute it to the fact it finished fourth in the standings behind three front runners. So for him to get sixth in a car that should have him at potentially at eighth, that's a good finish. Because if he, if they're the fourth best team, that means one, two, three, four, five, six. He should be finishing seventh or eighth. So if he's getting sixth re- repeatedly, that's a pretty good finish. Okay. Next up is Fernando Alonso. <laughs> So I'm getting heated. <laughs> um, he's 41 years old. He's uh, he's clearly still very good. Sure. Um, t- t- kind of a two-part question. One, how much longer is he in Formula One? Two, does he finish his career at Aston Martin? Um, I think he's in his Formula One career, what are we, in 23? Yep. I give him three more seasons. I think when the rule change happens in 26, he's adios. He's about to be 42 in July. Yeah, I think he makes it to the 2026 rule change, and then he's adios, and I think he ends his career at Aston Martin. Okay. I think he changes teams again. To where? Front of the grid, back of the grid. I don't have to specify a team. I, I agree the 26. I think he's with Aston Martin until they develop a car that isn't competitive. And I think he's going to see that on the, the writing on the wall, much like he saw the writing on the wall with Aston Martin being really good out of nowhere. Remember how we questioned that yeah, I don't move? Know how he figured that out. He figured it out. I think he's going to do the same. He's going to be like, oh, they're not going to pull this off. But at what point off. does he call it quits? Because I would think right then, right where you stated, at that moment. But if Williams is willing to pay him $3 million a year, $5 million To be a, year, a backmarker, I don't see him wanting to do it. Think of how much money he brings into a team. He could go to any other motorsport and have a number one seat anywhere else. Does he do IndyCar? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. All right. Watch him make the uh, Roman Grosjean switch. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. Oh, that's my question to you, correct? Mm. Okay, I got one for you. I want you to take. How, how old was Max when he won his first chip? 21? 22? 23? He's only like 24 now. Right. And it He's was 25. In, and Sorry. it was in 21, wasn't it? Uh huh. So he was 23? Yes. If that's how math works. <laughs> so take, I mean, yeah, he was so. I mean, somewhere in that ball, it just depends on when the birthdays so are. So take yeah. Fernando Alonso whenever he was at twenty three, because here's here's where my point is getting. Because we almost talked, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we talked about this specifically with Fernando being in the age that he's at now. Now I want to know. They both enter the same time. They go to the same team. You tell me how it plays out. Give me three seasons minimum. Them on the same team. They entered the exact same year, same age. That's really hard because they were in completely different eras and i don't know a ton about fernando's early years dominant in his early years is when he won two back-to-back championships with Reno. but they were also considered a powerhouse of the sport he joined formula one in 2001 Oof. oh wow this is interesting he actually went from a full race seat to a test driver seat i didn't know that he was terrible no, he went from Minardi to Renault, and he went to Renault where he was test driver, then went sixth, fourth, first, first, third, third in that McLaren. I mean, okay, how many how many championships has he won? He's won two, but he's also won the twenty four hours of Le Mans twice, and a FIA World Endurance Championship. So maybe he was just the equivalent of Max Verstappen of his day, but then he made a bad team switch or something. Multiple bad team switches. Yeah. So for, for 
for example. He went from back-to-back championship wins at Renault to moving to McLaren, finished third, bailed out of that situation, went back to Renault. I have no idea why. Finished fifth and ninth. But then he goes to Ferrari. That's a good move. Now he's competing for a championship. But he's competing for a championship when Lewis Hamilton is at his most peak dominant on a team that is the most peak dominant. So he gets second, fourth, second, second. But then Ferrari has a slip. He drops to sixth. So where does he? what does he do? Move to McLaren. Back to McLaren where he's finishing, you guessed it, 17th and 10th. Was, was the hypothetical they're on the same team or they're on different teams? The hypothetical is they go to the same team. At the same time, and they're both. Right. You know. So here's where it gets tough because Max... Max entered when he was 17, but didn't get his first win until he was 23. I don't know what age Fernando was when he joined, but he spent five seasons before he won, won his first one. So that puts them equal. They might just be equal. Like I was saying a minute ago, like just them, the way they both entered, the way they both kind of rose up to winning that fast. The only difference is we haven't seen Max make a bad team move yet because he hasn't changed teams. He went I'm from Toro to Red Bull. I'm starting to think that this is just F1 retelling the same story. History repeats itself. You've got the same driver with the same abilities, but this time without the bad team switches. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, <laughs> we, he, hasn't, he hasn't had the chance to switch teams yet. We'll well, that's see. fair. That's fair. But in two seasons when he ends up on, I don't know, McLaren or something. Takes him back to dominance. Max. It would be his third stint at McLaren. <laughs> Max Verstappen runs it back with Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Well, here's so here's the thing. What if you put him in like the Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton when they first they both got to the team together at the same time? I don't know. I think, and he doesn't leave. Yeah, he doesn't leave. It's just him, and it's kind of like a. Like he would have been the number one driver because Lewis only had one when he went to Mercedes. That's true. He had one at McLaren. And then he went over to Mercedes. Fernando would have already had two with Renault and yes. then gone to Mercedes. So they would have made Fernando. Well, Lewis was younger and probably more marketable. But it's about who. Because here's the thing. If they both went to. They were, we already had this play out. Lewis Hamilton came from where? McLaren. Which Fernando was where? At that same time. McLaren. Exactly. So how did that 2007 season play out? You're asking me. I'm saying, let me look it up. Actually, I had the answer right in front of me, but I lost it. Give me one second. But <clears throat> when you're looking at this and you have to compare them, I mean, we can we can go race by race, but ultimately that's going to get too much information. They both finished the season with 109 points. And Lewis won in 2008. Fernando wasn't on the team in 2008. I know, but Lewis won in that car, so it was up there. My, so the point, I, I think I think I think the point is Lewis Fernando, Lewis Fernando, Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, all the greats, kind of the same. Kind of the same, but it just matters about the. the it's team. like Michael Schumacher. Like we where, talked about where your career goes. See, here's what's weird: Michael Schumacher went to Ferrari and it changed his career completely. He opened up a dynasty, won all those championships. Sebastian Vettel goes to Ferrari after winning four championships with Red Bull. Nothing. Fernando Alonso goes to Ferrari after winning two with Renault and then trying McLaren. Nothing. What is it about Ferrari that's either hit or miss? One hundred. They get first of all, they it's get all the champions. Their whole history. They get all the champions. They got Kimi Raikkonen. They got uh, Sebastian Vettel. They got Fernando Alonso. They got Michael Schumacher. And then there's Lewis is talks in talks about going there. Exactly. And there's tons before that. 
So, I mean, it's interesting. It's very interesting. You put them on the same team in Mercedes for that dominant run that Lewis had, and does Lewis win seven titles, or does him and Fernando switch off? They switch, just like they switch one with Nico and all that. Okay. That's a tough one. Last two. Um, George Russell, this is mine <laughs> to you. Okay. Um, will he ever be the number one driver at Mercedes? Yes, when Lewis leaves. You don't think no. he leaves before Lewis leaves? No. I think George came from Williams, and so he's staying with Mercedes as long as possible. But Mercedes was the parent company of Williams, and he was always going to be a Mercedes driver. Sure. Well, not necessarily, because if Mercedes didn't want him or if another team came calling, like if a Ferrari or Red Bull came calling before that, he probably would have gone to them. So I think the real question here is, will another team call for George Russell? That's what I'm saying. Does McLaren say, we're done with these scrubs, come be a race winner for us? But Sam George wouldn't leave Mercedes for McLaren. He may consider a Ferrari or Red Bull move. Money talks. And all the money's tied into Lando. Or if Carlos leaves Ferrari? That's what I'm saying. So if it was a Ferrari or Red Bull move, that's a lateral move. That's a harder decision. I could see Red Bull going for George. As a number two to partner Max. But then they just have another Lewis and, and George situation where they have two alphas. George isn't an alpha. Well, not not in terms of personality, but in terms of racing. Like he wants to be uh, the number one winning championships. Doesn't want to be a number two. I think money talks. I think he could be money whipped in. How much does George get paid for Mercedes right now? More than two dollars. <laughs> uh, per year on an annual basis, he's making about six mil. I see six point five euro, eight mil US. Oh, yeah, I forgot. European money is worth more than ours now. Comparison, Max makes 50 million U.S. Comparison, Kevin Magnuson makes 4 million. Aw. Yeah, if you're telling me Red Bull's like, hey, George, we'll give you 10 million if Mercedes is only offering you eight. I think it'd have to be more. But if they offer, if they came calling with a $15 million contract... I think he goes to Red Bull. Okay, the wheel is turned to one final name. There's only one name. Spin Who's the wheel. Be? <laughs> Joe Guan Yu. Had, All to, right. had to be last. Joe, Joe Guan Yu's a wild card because the thing about him is that he's not really like this big name where it's it's one of those things where he's going to take over the league or even really make a massive name for himself. But what, what would happen if you put him in a front-running car? Not only... Not only would he not do fantastic, he would probably be below average for whatever that car was. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you have um, uh, who's the most middle of the pack team right now? Maybe maybe, maybe Alfa, Alfa Romeo. Romeo. <laughs> yeah, he's below that slightly, right? Like he's a little bit below the middle of the pack. He he's had a couple of seasons. Well, he had last year and he has this year. He probably has another season or two of of leash. He has not shown enough. He hasn't he is, shown He enough. has not overperformed a single time at Alfa Romeo. That's true. But he's shown massive improvement. He's not going to get another race seat. A team will be more willing to bet on an F2 driver like Oscar Piastri than go with a guy that's been continuously performing as expected or underperforming in F1. Okay. Also, he makes twice <laughs> what Yuki Tsunoda makes. Joe? Joe makes two million. Yuki makes one million. Oh, Yuki. <laughs> You've been there so much longer. 
I, I, I feel bad for I mean, I like Joe. You know, he had the crazy Silverstone thing last year. I just don't think that he's going to show off enough in that Alfa Romeo for a Alpine or Red Bull or Mercedes or Ferrari or honestly any other team to come calling. Yeah, it's tough because when you look at his two, he's had two seasons in F1, yeah. right? Both of them, Alfa, Tar, or Alfa Romeo, his finishes 18th last year, 15th this year so far. But here's the thing. If you look at his two previous years before that, obviously taking 2021, his he was for Formula One Alpine test driver. So that kind of take that out. But before that, F3 Asian Championship won the whole thing. FIA Formula Two Championship came in third. Now, if you're looking at those numbers, it's not that bad. The only problem is that in doing these research, these deep dives on all these drivers and stuff that we do for the podcast, we see some crazy racing records in terms of their full-on career. So when you look at Joe's and he's getting 2nd, 15th, 13th, 16th, 15th, 6th, 8th, 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 11th, 7th, it's not impressive. But the fact of the matter is is that he is a champion. He won F3 Asian Championship, and then he came in third in Formula 2. So he is a good driver. He's just not that caliber. So here's what I think he needs to get another shot in F1 when his time at Alfa Romeo is done. Because Alfa Romeo, they're not going to stick with him for forever. I think Valtteri's a great teacher. We've heard over F1 radio, Valtteri showing him things on track. His best finish so far has been eighth. Um, He's finished eighth, tenth twice, and ninth once. I think he needs to be putting it in the points about half of the races, even if points is just ninth or tenth. Because that's what Alfa Romeo, I think, could expect. Their car is very middle of the pack. They should be able to get eighth, ninth, tenth every single race. He is not doing that. Like this season alone, 16, 13, 9, DNF, 16, 13. Put it in the points, my dude. <laughs> we saw the ninth place finish, so that's great. You got your two points there. And especially looking at last year. Now, maybe he can repeat last year. So last year he got three times in the points. Okay, this year, get eight times in the points, right? Or at least double and, it. And then, next, and then next year, get 12 you know, that shows some serious improvement. And you said he's improving, which he probably is. But to me, it kind of looks the same uh, six races into 2023. Yeah, kind of looking at it, you're not wrong. I mean, he had 10th points one time, 11th, 11th, arguably almost points right there, 15th retired. If he could make those 11th, 10ths. That's three points finishes to start off the season. That's huge. Yeah, and that would have been his rookie season. So yeah, I don't know. That was it. That was all 20 drivers in our <laughs> minute to two minute opinions in Fernando's like eight minute segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some drivers, they just catch your eye. Yeah. If you, uh, if you agree or most certainly disagree with any of our points, we're going to be posting um, this on YouTube. Obviously I'll pull some clips of this uh, to post on TikTok, and then we might make a little Reddit post, uh, maybe stir up some, some controversy. Um, with our with our takes. So if y'all have any thoughts on this, certainly let us know in the comments on YouTube or TikTok. Yeah, other than that, like you said, we want to know, we want to hear from you. We're not hearing enough information. We understand, you know, we might be a new podcast. I get that. But we want to hear if we're wrong. We want to hear if we're right. We want to hear if we miss stuff. We want to hear all of this. So like you said, please, down below in the comments, let us know. Absolutely. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Bye, guys.